All right, cut the intro music. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Football on Full Heel. Man, we got some some shit for you today. It was quite quite a weekend of European football that we just had. Um, and here to talk about it with me, as usual, uh, my boys Andres and Johnny. Yo. Yo. Rafa holding this down as usual in the studio. And I, of course, am Frankie. Um, well, you guys tied on picks last week. So congrats to you guys. Three picks each. Um, my picks were, were pretty shot right from the jump. Um, the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals were absolutely wild. As Johnny likes to say, <laughs> uh, dreams were shattered, right? Uh, hearts yeah. were broken. People Heine's, wept. Heineken was chugged. Heineken <laughs> was indeed drank copious amounts of Heineken. Um, we'll start, I guess, right from, from last week. Um, last uh, Wednesday, we had the Just first started, yeah. quarterfinal. Um, and again, with the first one, didn't seem like a very... I guess it was an interesting matchup, considering that Atalanta was firing on all cylinders and scoring goals left, right, and center. And PSG has some superstars. Uh, but what seemed to be, um, I guess, kind of like not, not one of the premier ties of, of the quarterfinals, ended up being absolutely magical, thrilling at the end. Uh, Atalanta looked like they had the 1-0 victory wrapped up um, before PSG stormed back. Uh, and get two goals in stoppage time um, to win uh, two to one, and then right from the jump, right, we saw the the magic of of European football, right. So, um, what what do you guys have to say about that that match? It looked like Atalanta was going to pull it away, and then um, it looks like they just got tired at the end. From from what I could watch, or, or it looks like um, that's my opinion anyway. Um, too much quality from PSG. Um, did Atalanta gas themselves? Um, is PSG just fresher because they've only played BS friendlies and cup finals? Uh, what do you guys make of, of PSG's last minute thrilling victory? How about uh, we start with Andres? Well, I guess if you want to criticize PSG right from the get go, they. They look severely undermanned in that midfield and moving forward. Um, you can already tell that without Mbappe, the Neymar show is on full blast in the, in the mid and open fields. But those finishing, man, the finishing from Neymar was atrocious. So Cardi doesn't make the runs. Um, they definitely needed Di Maria missing a couple players, Verratti. So it definitely looked like Alatalanta could steal that one which was kind of what i was leaning towards but yeah they definitely looked the more tired side their you know their lack of depth showed and well i mean you got two late goals from mbappe or with the help of mbappe and neymar and you know who was who, who, muto muto chong scored or what was his name Choping? uh tropo moting yeah eric go. he's got a long ass name uh yeah, yeah tropo moting there you go. The unlikely hero shows up, and I mean that's classic. Yeah, I mean hopefully for the next game they get you know full strength or you know a little bit more players back into the lineup. But I think uh, the rest definitely benefited uh, France and the French teams in this round. 
and Atalanta was just, I mean, the magic was there, but they just didn't have enough gas in the tank for me. Um, I think, uh, I think PSG started off strong. Neymar was missing a lot. He was the best player on the field, though. He was single-handedly kind of carrying PSG because of what you mentioned, the lack of the depth or players in the mid. Di Maria was missing. Uh, Veretti was missing. And I think someone else, right? In the mid, he had a yellow card, the other defensive mid. Um, but oh, this? yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, there was no real connection between Icardi and Neymar because Sarabia was kind of not really being effective. But Neymar, I mean, he had a great game. He missed a lot. And I don't know if that's for the same reason that they're not playing. They hadn't played really. I mean, they were playing friendlies, but not to the level of Atalanta and Atalanta. I mean, they really impressed me. They were a hard pressing team. They know what they're playing. They have a lot of physically strong players. Their coach is really good. He's not afraid to kind of risk it all. But at the end, it was Mbappe came in with 30 minutes left. He kind of changed the game right away, started making runs, taking on players, giving Neymar a little bit more air, a little more room to do work. And then they get one goal. And then out of nowhere, they get the second goal. Everyone was thinking they were going to go to extra time. But once they got that first goal, it was kind of – it was kind of leaning toward PSG, and I guess they didn't want to wait till extra time, and they just they finished it off uh, with the how do you call him the forward? Uh, he Eric pulled Boxing. a Marigi. Oh, yeah, Chopo Moting. Yeah, Chopo Moting, because he came out for Ricardi, who hadn't been that great, and then um, right away he kind of established himself in the middle or in, as, a, as a center forward, and um. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the Champions League magic, you know, stuff, crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And you can always expect something to happen, you, you know, but um, yeah. but PSG, I mean, they look, Neymar, to me, he looked, he looked good besides the poor finishing, but he looked good. If Mbappe is healthy now, they're going to get the Mario back. They're going to get Verretti back. They're going to get Goye in the mid back. And I think they can compete. Their defense is not that great, but, but I mean, we'll see. Navas was injured, too, so that's something to look for. But um, probably yeah. my – I mean, that's my pick in the champs to win it now since City's out. But, but yeah, um, that's kind of what I noticed. How I'm glad you, you bring up Navas, though, because he, he actually had a great match, too. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, Kaylor Navas. Yeah, yeah Kaylor Navas had a great match, and now he's probably going to miss the, the semifinal, right? Mm-hmm. And I honestly, we were trying to figure out who the second string goalkeeper is there at PSG. But um, I'll admit too, I was, I've been calling PSG bottlers and I saw them far from the final. So I'll admit that I was wrong. Um, and yeah, we were even, I was already taking a lap and talking shit in our, in our chat uh, about how PSG was, was trashed and how they weren't anywhere near close to winning a major t- title other than the French league. And then they come back and, and rally and score two goals uh, in extra time. Uh, shut me up real quick. Um, but yeah, no, uh, again, these ties, I think what we're seeing too is since it's just, you know, single elimination, it's it, it, these teams are going all out, right? Um, I, I will also say too that Johnny brought up a good point. And, and another point that we'll bring on uh, that'll become crucial 
um, at other points too. Uh, Mbappe and Chopo Moting, right? Proactive substitutions from from Tuchel. Uh, one of the other things, again, that we'll talk about is coaching decisions and tactics. Uh, yep. He got it spot on, right, by subbing those guys in um, when yeah. he did. And they're the ones who ended up connecting for, for the game winner, right? Um, so... And, and- and then yeah. sometimes that, that's what you need. You just need a goal from someone you don't really expect it or from a player that you didn't think was the most key. Um, you know, it happens every year with teams like Liverpool when they came back, Roma, you know. Or sometimes you want to tie off a set piece. And in this case, it paid off. It paid off really, really well for them. And they didn't even have to go to extra time. So, yeah, PSG advances to um, semifinal. Um, in the first semifinal, that'll be wow tomorrow actually at two p.m. Um, and again, thrilling finish, really exciting stuff there in the first quarterfinal. You think, yo, this nothing can top this, right? Wrong. The next day, uh, RB Leipzig uh, booted Atletico Madrid out of the competition by winning two to one. Uh, Tyler Adams, the young American, uh, with a game winner. Um, with what, like five or six minutes remaining uh, in the match as well. So crucial goal at the end. To be fair to Oblak and, and Atletico Madrid, it was a deflected effort. Um, so he really didn't stand a chance when it took the once it took the deflection. But uh, I picked Atletico, uh, ended up screwing me over in, in the picks. But um, I got to say, RB without Werner still looks pretty threatening. I had kind of wrote them off because Timo Werner had left. And, and obviously, he was like their high scorer, um, and, and and you know, is a fast player and a difference maker. Um, but it looks like they've got those all around. Uh, Danny almost scored. Uh, Tyler Adams came in off the bench, another sub to to win it. Right, another key mm-hmm. um, coaching decision from uh, Nagelsmann there. And and that guy's like our age, boys. <laughs> that guy's thirty three years old, uh, and he's coaching Damn. RB Leipzig uh, to the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, so, again, I got to say, um, no disrespect to Arby, but um, th- this was a shocker, right? You- you'd expect Atletico and Simeone to to bunker down, strike on the counter, and, and progress, right? Um, what-, what do you think went wrong for Atletico here? I, I could start on this one. Yeah. I think from the jump, it was the lineup. I expected Felix to start, and he didn't start. And it was kind of... A, and kind of I thought Atletico was good enough to dominate possession, and they weren't. RB was was uh, had the more possession, so Atletico kind of adapted a more counterattacking, which I guess is expected. But I thought, like for like, Atletico had the more quality, and they didn't show it. RB RB looked the better team. They looked like they had the more the better ideas, and and they scored first. And and then they won the game, you know. Atletico kind of all season has been the theme with them. We don't really know what they're playing. Beside, like, they're not as strong defensively as they've been. And it was like, it was a deflection. But to be honest, like, they weren't playing great. Felix came on kind of late and did more than the whole team did, like, for 70 minutes, it seemed like. And... It was really a bummer because most of us thought uh, Atletico would win. I picked Red Bull just kind of just to pick them, but uh, helped me get, win the picks with Andres or Ty. But um, yeah, Simeone just kind of—I don't know. I mean, and and then this this will come up as as you're saying, like these themes, you know, 
It felt like Atletico wasn't up for it. It felt like they didn't prepare for Red Bull. It felt like they were the, just kind of there. It felt like the subs were a little bit late. And it, it, it just felt like the better team won, you know? Um, sometimes teams lose key players and they just they, they get inspired. And I think that's what's going on with Red Bull. Granted, they've been playing good all year and it, it, it showed, you know? Yeah, no, a lot of quality, young, really fast, uh, dynamic players that they've got there. Um, and yeah, they were just pressing Atletico all over the field, um, playing them into into problems. Uh, again, I think you, you're spot on with everything you said. Um, Joel Felix didn't start, and as soon as he came on, he, he kind of sparked them. Granted, he was a, was a penalty that he converted and, and that tied it for Atletico for, for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, spot on. What do, you, what do you think, on uh, Andres? Um, I think that we kind of noticed in the Liverpool game that Atletico doesn't have a forward. Um, Diego Costa is not, you know, what he used to be. Morata doesn't show up. You don't play Felix, you weren't going to get any goals. I mean, I can understand why they play Llorente because of what he did against Liverpool, but he was never the answer moving forward, so... I would have thought they would have maybe stayed compact and maybe hit Leipzig on, you know, a counter or something. But Leipzig was relentless. That style of play is, you know, similar to how Liverpool had um, Atletico. They just kept, you know, finding spaces and trying to find something. Even without Timo Werner, there was still a danger. So, yeah, Atletico has to either you know, revamp that forward line or they have to figure out, you know, what they're going to do with Joe Felix, what his position is. And, you know, where where does Llorente play, you know? He's not a forward. I mean, probably just for the game, but... I think he's I a mean, defensive mid by, by trade, too. That's great. Yeah, so, like, Johnny... Like, yeah, like Johnny said, the lineup, having him up top from the beginning was kind of just like... I know you're, you don't have a forward, but this is kind of pushing. And then I think Thomas Partey, since he wasn't 100% fit... That was a huge loss. I mean, credit to Herrera. He did his, you know, he played admirably, but he's he's also a a big miss for them in that mid. So, yeah, I mean, Atletico, they showed a lot of promise with beating Liverpool, but I guess they they don't have enough fire. Yeah, they don't have enough firepower to be a team like, you know, even RB. And maybe even a little bit of, you know, tiredness too with, you know, trying to fight for a Champions League spot. For the end of the season, so definitely, like Liga teams were suffering there with uh, you know the long season, and then had, having to do champions right after that. I I told you that no matter who they played next, they were gonna lose. Yeah, no, I, I was I was sure that Atletico that Simeone could could make them and, and take them on a run with the, yeah, yeah. Even at some point though, you you would think that they would hold them for a one-one, like you said, Atletico Madrid special extra times. You go go to penalties. I mean that's. I know they weren't going to get goals, but maybe in a, you know, knockout tie, Simeone pulls a super defensive, you know, tie and wins the extra time. I don't know. That's what I was expecting, but it looks like, you know, once they go down, you weren't going to find anything from them. I think what Johnny said makes sense, too, is that uh, they're just not the same defensive quality as they have been in the past, right? Specifically at center back, Goldin is gone. Um, who do they play? They played Savage and Jimenez? Jimenez. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I I don't know why I wanted to say Jimenez came on as a as a sub right I, or maybe no, I'm he's wrong. a starter 
they brought in Felipe as a sub, right? The center back, I think at some point. Um, but no, yeah, I guess no. Jimenez is a quality center back. Um, I guess the jury's kind of out on Savage. Uh, I can't really say I've watched him well enough, but also he's not also, he's no Godin, right? Or, or what Godin did there for, for Atletico. So I would agree that maybe there's just some quality missing there in the defense where they that was their strength, right, before. Um, and I know we kind of, not argued, but uh, kind of talked about how Simeone is getting critiqued after this, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess you guys are kind of voicing the critiques against him, right? That there's no real attacking flow, right? That, that they, Other than breaking after being, you know, compact and, and organized, um, that he doesn't really have... Um, I guess a, a plan B or an idea for, for attacking, right? Just like they say about Mourinho, Mourinho keeps teams really organized and, and well defensive, but doesn't know how to attack, right? And then just kind of lets the players figure it out on their own. Would you guys agree with that about Simeone? Or uh, would you guys more agree more with the statement that I guess um, both of you guys have already started to, to kind of mention Costa and Morata and, and the like are, aren't the, <laughs> aren't the answer, right? So he's not being helped by the players, is this a coaching thing, a, a tactics thing with Simeone and then his offense, or is this just the players that, that he has aren't misfiring? I mean, right. for for champions, for champions, you don't. I mean, the way that it was set up with two legs, his style of play, you know, holding holding home advantage and being defensive works. Usually, the better defensive team goes far in tournaments. But he didn't. He didn't have a forward line all season. Um, they lost Gresman, who was arguably their only folk, like major star forward on, on that team. So I didn't expect them to make a really um, far run in Champions. But I guess maybe with the momentum of Liverpool, they could have maintained that. Obviously, with the restart, they kind of lost that and. I'm not putting this against Simeone. I think he's a still a great coach. I think without him, Atletico would be, I don't know, a Valencia-type team. They would not even be in you know, this conversation. So we have to kind of also put into perspective what Simeone brings to the table. And I would give him another transfer season to see how he manages, whether he tries to go offensive or you know, what, what players he decides to add to the team. So, so I think it's a couple of things. When the season started, you kind of thought the Simeone was going to have a little bit more of an attacking team because they had Joel Felix, but he hasn't really fit into the team. And I don't know if Simeone has really accommodated for him. So he kind of subbed him out in this game because he couldn't really do the things he wanted, which is probably track back a lot and kind of, be more defensive so they could counter. But that doesn't mean that you start Carrasco, who was in China for half of the season, and then you start Llorente as like a makeshift center mid slash forward. And they have a little bit of the city thing going on where they lost some of their like some of their cultural type players and Godin and uh, Gabi in the midfield. Um, Koke was really nowhere to be found. Saul kind of didn't, hasn't been making those runs up that they usually do. 
And how Andres said, Morata and 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 uh, Costa just haven't been on point. I, I would have thought they started Morata and they started Costa, who didn't do absolutely anything, not even provoke a red card or some, something. <laughs> you know how he usually yeah. does. But I also don't hold knock it against Simeone because I think I, I think it's what Andres said. He tried to be a little bit more defensive and thought that he was going to be able to break, but he came up against a team that just had better ideas and has honestly been playing better all season. Yeah, so this sets us up with a really interesting matchup, right? We have a team from Germany against a team from France um, in the first semifinal being played tomorrow at 2 p.m. Um, so we have RB Leipzig versus PSG. Um, really, really intriguing um, matchup here. Um, I think Tuchel might have some familiarity of uh, RB, right? Since he has coached previously in, in Germany. He is German, right? So um, I'd say he's got a pretty good scouting report on RB. Um, but I think this sets up for a really, really interesting matchup. Um, mostly because PSG, um, their defense is can be exploited right it can be uh, breached um and, and rb is one of those high press um high energy teams that's going to get the ball back um almost as quickly as they lose it so um i think this could be a, a, a another high scoring matchup um do you guys have anything to uh, short of making a pick because we'll do that at the end is there anything you guys are looking forward to or, or what do you guys think this uh what are you guys expecting from this matchup rather tomorrow I, I think i think rb will pose a similar threat to atalanta that it's going to be a whole team effort as opposed to counting on individuals to pull them through and they're probably going to psg is probably going to see a lot of the similar pressing that At- atalanta did and psg didn't fare that well against it so it it, it should be a pretty i'm expecting a, a good amount of goals in this one and it's like, uh, who's the RB for number seven? He's been amazing for them uh, with the little ponytail. Uh, Sabitzer, he's he's from Austria. Yeah, he's he's been really good, man. I mean, at, at this point, I don't really don't know what's gonna happen anymore. And it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he 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 has a great game and kind of pull, pulls them through, you know. But PSG returns to a full strength squad. So this is about as good of a chance as they're ever going to get, ever. So, so I don't know. The pressure is on, and it seemed like, it seemed like I don't know if it was the pressure or if it was Neymar not being fresh enough, but he was missing goals that you don't expect a player of his caliber to miss. You know, now he yeah. gets Mbappe back, who should help with a lot of that. But it's it it's kind of the theme that we've been seeing, like. You can't rely just on individuals to pull you through because it's a, it's a team effort and, 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 you know, it's the Champions League. Like, you make one error, whatever, and you're done. And PSG does not seem to be having it in the bag. I mean, even with the game against Atalanta, you can't say that PSG have a certain style to them besides give the ball to Neymar or give the ball to Mbappe, give the ball to Di Maria, whereas Red Bull is a team effort, you know, pressing, playing. Uh, tactics, Got plays, and all that. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm actually geeked for this matchup. So we'll see. What do you think, Andres? I'm expecting goals, like Johnny said. Uh, yeah, RB is 
they play fearless. I don't think they're scared of any PSG players. I don't think I don't think they're young enough like, you know, Dortmund was or felt like they were against PSG because that's another team that kind of looks similar to RB. Uh, are uh, similar to like Dortmund when they played. So I guess that's my only like comparison that I can go off for this match. But I think I think uh, Keylor Navas is a big miss for PSG. So we'll see how we'll see if whoever replaces him, Rico, I think his name is, whether he's you know worthy enough to you know stop all these shots. Yeah. Um, also, want to mention uh, I know Johnny mentioned uh, Marcel Sabitzer. Um, they also have, I, I briefly mentioned earlier, Danny Omo, right? Omo's been huge for them um, since he he transferred. It was in January, right? That he joined from, um, he was in Croatia at Zagreb. Um, and big shout out, I know you've mentioned him before, Andres, uh, Dayo uh, Upamecano. He was massive against uh, Atletico, the, um, the young French center back. Um, he's probably one... Uh, that you can probably expect some big clubs to to be kind of angling for because he he was huge uh, in that match and and one of the big reasons why the attacking players there at um, RB um, have so much success right they they can build off of uh, off of that and um, yeah no I'm I'm I think again this one it makes sets up to be really really interesting uh, RB the the very you know, intense, quick system uh, from the young coach there, Nagelsmann, um, and PSG's there to, to be exploited. But again, they just have so much attacking power uh, in just two players that you, you can never rule them out, right? And, and obviously, you can never rule anything out, as we saw in PSG's last matchup. So, um, man, throughout the rest of this show, while we're talking, I'm going to kind of have to be debating because I don't, I don't know which way to pick for this one, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, RB's got some potential difference makers there. Uh, but so does PSG. So single single leg. Uh, hopefully we get another like 3-2 or something like that. Back and forth. Something exciting on your Tuesday afternoon. Now, yeah. if you thought um, PSG with those two late goals was shocking or RB dropping a, a I guess not a favorite, but, you know, a... a perennial contender like Atletico Madrid wasn't shocking enough. On Friday, uh, myself and the boys gathered to watch uh, Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. I think we all picked Bayern. Actually, no, we all definitely picked Bayern, so we were all expecting Barcelona to lose, but uh, what we witnessed is still hard for me to talk about. <laughs> Barcelona absolutely decimated 8-2. to two giving up four goals within 30 minutes. They were realistically done within the first 30 minutes of the match. Um, it was brutal, 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 brutal to watch. Um, and I think insult was added to injury at the end with Coutinho contributing to three goals um, in the last 10 minutes to, to absolutely just ice the match. Um, again, we all expected the loss, but I think we were all just kind of taken aback to, to the blowout, right? Um, Bayern, I guess we'll start with the simple part of this. Bayern is great, right? Um, Favorite. We've been, we've been trying to find, I've been trying to find fault with them all season, right? Uh, saying that they haven't truly been tested in their league. Um, saying that they had some rather easy opponents in the Champions League. Uh, but they've now scored what, like 40 goals almost in, in, in the Champions League, which is something like a record. 
Um, they're going from strength to strength. Um, Boateng, I mean, granted, Johnny has gone on record and said many times he doesn't consider Barcelona a great team, so he didn't know if they were going to truly test Bayern Munich, but uh, Boateng and Alaba were relatively untested other than, you know, Alaba's sliced into the goal, right? Um, well, Suarez dropped Boateng on the goal, too. <laughs> yeah, and Suarez with the lone moment of magic for Barcelona, but uh, wow, guys, just wow. Um, just another another sign that change is absolutely needed at Barcelona, right? We're hearing whispers of Messi um, potentially leaving 2021, but now even hearing whispers of him leaving as soon as this summer, right? Um, I got to believe that that's just, you know, some some leveraging, some politicking to, to get some movement and, and get some fundamental and structural change at the club. But uh, I think, again, we've been calling it all season that this club is in, in shambles and disarray and uh, tatters even, right? But this, this is... This has to be like the, the cherry on top, right? There has to, it's, something has to go after this, right? Yep. And already somebody has. Setien was fired yesterday. Um, and I don't think it's been officially confirmed. Maybe I'm wrong, but it looks like Ronald Koeman is going to be uh, the new manager there. So we're already starting to see um, change managerially. Um the rot is is at the top, right? They got to change the boardroom. They got to change the president. They have to have elections as soon as possible, right? This club cannot afford to lose Messi, um, but it looks more possible than ever, right? Yeah, if they lose... Uh, well, I'll just say this. Messi doesn't owe Barcelona anything anymore. He has done a lot for the club. He's been loyal to the club. The, lo- the, the the club has not been, you know, serving Messi and, you know, playing out his last, you know, five years in his prime to his full potential. And that's a letdown. And, I mean, you see Messi had let down every season. So this A2 definitely was like, man, how do I even go back to the fans and tell them, we're going to try again harder next season. Like, you know, he said that two seasons in a row already. I mean, yeah. he's not going to go back out on the field and be like, yo, guys, uh, sorry, we lost A2. We're going to try to win champs again this season. Like, he can't. He even went on, you know, he knew. I mean, obviously, when Messi tells you on, you know, the press, this team is not good enough to win champions. You got to believe he knows what it takes to win champions. He's been on Champions League winning teams. So he kind of already knew it. And I think the A2 was just embarrassing, his worst loss of the career. And if he leaves, I would not be surprised if he, you know, still wants to remain competitive, maybe in Italy or EPL, wherever he decides to go, or just take it easy in Argentina, who knows. But, I mean, his wages are definitely hindering the club from moving forward. I don't know. I don't know if, like, other team, other players on that team are going to, you know, step down and be like, you know, we're 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 not cut for this anymore. But you're right. There has yeah, there has to be change and if Barcelona wants to, you know, still remain a top four team even in La Liga, they have to, you know, get the ball going right now. So it's sad to see it, but I mean we weren't surprised. I wasn't surprised. 
I mean, where do we even start with this? It's just like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but remember I said, I hope Barcelona loses to Napoli because they're going to get embarrassed. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and surely enough, yeah. what the heck happened? Their biggest loss ever. Ever. It, it ever, was a yeah. complete, it was a complete, like it wasn't even a match how, um, how Frankie said, from minute one, like min- like they were already like under pressure. Barca started the wrong lineup again, which again is what we're calling this theme of 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 coaches and just kind of putting out some doo-doo some doo-doo lineups. And like Busquets was never gonna be able to hold that mid down. They threw Dijon on the side, they threw Roberto on the side instead of like Throwing like Griezmann or Dembele, I remember I said, "Why don't you just play a f- yeah? Why don't you just th- play a four-three-three and one of the forwards drops back when they got to defend?" Instead, he's like, "I'm gonna play Roberto, who he's played on numerous occasions when big matches are up, like against Madrid, and in this and this tie, and I think even in the last tie against um, Napoli, they threw Sergi Roberto and." It's just it's just a complete disarray. It's hard. It's always hard for a team to really have expectations to win when there there's there's trouble that stems further than the team with the boards and and then all that stuff. But like what we saw was just like honestly embarrassing from a Barcelona standpoint. Like a lot of the times, like they were just not pressing. They were letting the Bayern players like just kind of go. Granted, though, every single Barca, every single Bayern player was better than every single Barca player, literally from head from top to bottom. Um, Barca just they need changes, man, and it's like this is the nail on the coffin. How you said, Frankie, that it's like they need change, and they need it now. And it's like it's 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 honestly Messi's only time to really leave because if. I don't know that they're going to be competitive again next year or be able to win the champs. So that kind of takes away one of Messi's years to to really try to win the champs again. Um, so I wouldn't like hate him if he leaves, but I guess I I, I, don't, I don't think he leaves. I think he's just kind of how you're saying using it as leverage. But just mad props to Bayern, mad props to Andres, who's been calling Bayern since around December. Yep. Um, they're stacked from top to bottom. They started a Perisic. He got a goal. Uh, Mueller has been outstanding since, like, December. Since Honestly, since uh, Anzi uh, Flick has came on. Um, Bayern just... I mean, this is how I think of Bayern when I think of them. They're very mechanical. 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. And it's like... They, it, 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 some of the plays were like FIFA, too. You know, do a 1-2 on the side. They get yeah. down on the line. Barca's not pressing, so the Bayern players take their space. They keep going forward until someone comes, then they, they pass, and then they score. I mean, how many times have we not seen this season Busquets just freaking um, diving at a, at a player on defense and then giving up a goal because he dived, he can't go back. The defense is unsettled. Tristegan yeah. can't, can't save him by himself. Messi was nowhere to be found. The lineup, again, left a lot to be desired. Man, Messi even, didn't have anyone to play with. Yeah, go for it. Even Ter Stegen, he kicked the ball out to Bayern like th- at least three times where he kicked it straight. I remember one time straight at Thiago, uh, and Thiago almost started a play the, uh, where they counterattacked. 
Um, and I think it's what you said. It, the quality in Bayern's squad is just so much better. And, and not just quality as in technique. They're just so much faster and stronger, right? Like Goretzka, Goretzka is freaking jacked out there, right? Goretzka and Thiago straight bossed uh, Barca's yeah. midfield, right? They were doing whatever. Like you said, one-twos. Uh, Thiago and Goretzka set up for, I think it was uh, the Nabri goal, right? Yeah. Um, and then it was over a the top. Ball over the top, right? And dropped uh, Longley as he was trying to, to go back and defend. Um, there was just boys against men out there. It was it was absolutely embarrassed. Um, it's like you said, Messi said they didn't have, and I think he used those words, the, the garra, right? The grit, um, the desire. The, the Barca team just gave up, man. It was absolutely pathetic, um, depressing in, in every sense of the word, right? And and depressing because, again, there's, there's nothing to be not hopeful for, but, I mean, it's a mess at the board. It's a mess with the manager. It's a mess with the players. Like, at every level, there's failure um, at the club right now. They need a reset, right? I think Pique was... Um, like really emotional, but also, I mean, obviously is also the most mature and, and realistic take was that he said that if he has to leave the club, right. Or if he has to step down and not be a starter anymore, then so be it. Right. Because uh, he, he called it rock bottom. And that's absolutely where Barcelona is, is rock bottom. It's zero trophies for the first time since uh, Frank Reichard was fired, um, which was 07, 08. Um, that's 12 years, you know, um, where they absolutely almost were the best team in the world every year, right? Not every single year, mm -hmm. but we're talking two troubles, uh, Tiki Taka, the false nine revolution, Messi's, you know, 90 goal season or whatever it was uh, to this, right? To They didn't even put up a fight. Um, it was It was really, really sad, really, really bad. Uh, again, like Johnny said, all the props to Bayern because they're just firing on all cylinders right now. Perisic had an amazing game, and he's usually not a starter. Um, Nicolas Sula came on at the end, right, which is their starting center back before he tore his ACL at the start of the season, right? So they're just going from strength to strength and depth, right? So, uh, yeah. Davies, what a game Davies had. Davies single-handedly probably ended Nelson Semedo's career. Um, yeah. and, and you know what else I realized about that play, guys? That's something that should never really happen in football. The left back crossed it in for the right back to crawl to score. You had a left back to right back to score. Like the only time that ever happens is like Liverpool, right? When you've got the Robertson yeah. to TAA, like that's not really supposed to happen where your your two defensive fullbacks uh, score connect hook each other up for a goal, right? That's just absolute failure um, on Barcelona's part. I mean, um, so, Kimmich, Kimmich knows they have no wingers, so he's, you know, he's like, if even if I press this high up, no one's going to come out and run at me. Who's going to run at you, you know, on yeah. the left side? I'll, I'll yeah. None of the players did themselves any favors out there. Uh, set the end, too, like Johnny already said, with the four midfielders, including Vidal and, and Sergi Roberto. No, Not even Rakitic. It was, uh, man, uh, just upsetting, man. I... I drank so much Heineken on Friday because again, I was expecting the loss, but this was four, one at halftime. It, uh, I was upset. I was upset. And then one <laughs> sub only Griezmann, like, um, what did I want to say? Oh yeah. And then 
coming into the tie, you kind of there was a little bit of hope brewing up for Barca. They were like, you know what, maybe we're gonna do something a little different. Um, we uh, they've been practicing for Bayern, but it was the complete opposite because I hadn't heard of the press conference until halftime, but it was like Vidal and Sietan and even Messi were just saying outlandish stuff, like completely preposterous. Vidal was saying this isn't a, a, a German team. team. Yeah, you're about to play the best team in the world. And I think Messi even said, like, they're not going to be ready for us. And Sietan was saying Lewandowski's not on Messi's level, and it's just, like, not, not a like for like. And it's like, bro, uh, Lewandowski's been probably the best player in the world this year. Uh, and it's just, like, um, kind of, like, there's just so much to say, but kind of how you mentioned, like, the physicality was a lot. Like, it was, like, n- night and day between, like, Goretzka and um, the midfield of, of Barca. But, uh, again, how, what have we not said all year? How do you stop Barca? You just stop Messi and you overrun the mid. And yeah, then or- as, as soon as that lineup was out, you already know Bayern was like, this is even easier. There's no X factor. They're, they didn't throw mm-hmm. Dembele. They didn't, th- they didn't even try to start Griezmann. So, off the off the off the start, it was like, what's Messi really creating with? And it's been the same thing all year. The whole team has been Ter Stegen, Messi, Vidal, and Suarez, and it's like those are the only players that are really playing. Dijon has no support. Busquets has just not been doing it this year. He's still a great player, but he just hasn't been he hasn't been able to do what he usually has to do. Who tells Sietan to start Sergio Roberto? Like, come on. Like, Rakitic is a far better option. And why do you throw DeJong on the wing when he hasn't even been playing that? It's, like, it's honestly ridiculous. And it's, like, it it made it easier for Bayern, honestly. You think they're going to try to mark Sergi Roberto because he's going to be an attacking threat? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, no. you're right. Like you, you neutralize Messi and you neutralize the threat. But the thing is, like they didn't even have to neutralize Messi. Like they were winning the ball back in the attacking third, and the ball never got to Messi. They 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 cut off all service to to Barcelona's best play. I mean, best chance, right? Which again is spot on and, and brilliant. Props to them. But it's not like they got the ball to Messi and he couldn't do anything with it, right? It was just he didn't even get the ball. By Barcelona, it was like they weren't even there. Um, and yeah, they, they really need to look inward and, and top to bottom. They need to just clear it out, clear it out. Every, everybody's got to go. I think, I think when Flores went out, we saw, we saw progress with Griezmann and Messi. Honestly, like we were seeing a little bit of progress of them linking up, scoring goals. As soon as Suarez got back in the picture, they got, they got worse, honestly. That was the Messi and Suarez BFF show, and what happened there? Nothing happened between those two. So I think moving forward, if you want to stick with Griezmann, it's it's tough to say, but you have to make Griezmann the center of the attack. I mean, you know, he's your $150, $20 million man. Let him play like one, you know? Feed him the ball. Make him, you know, score 30 goals a season. He's probably capable of doing it, but I saw I saw a lot of regression with not playing Griezmann, not, you know, having even Fati on the field and just playing Suarez and Messi and having those two kind of create everything. 
Well, well, here's here's the other thing. It's like if you're gonna start just one forward or two forwards and Messi and Suarez, you already know Suarez doesn't have the pace to really threat on the ball that he used to. So I might I would have thought you know what maybe bench Suarez if you're gonna try this formation and start Griezmann up top, kind of how he plays for France, kind of how he played for Atletico with Messi right behind him and try to do it with them too. And it was just ridiculous and. And this will be the last thing I comment on Barca because Bayern was honestly spectacular. Um, from top to bottom, how we said, they're coming up the size. They're playing good football. Goretzka's bossing the mid. Thiago is classy as hell. Uh, Kimmich is a top right back in the world, and he can play everything. Bayern has so many players that can play multiple positions. Mueller has been outstanding. Lewandowski didn't, only scored one goal this whole game, and they still scored eight. Um, they have uh, Serge Gnabry, who's had a great season. He's cooking. Like, so, yeah, some of those, like that over-the-top ball was ridiculous. And it's just like Bayern are the overwhelming favorites. Hansi Flick has done a great job with them, just kind of instilling that real real Bayern style to them. And they honestly look unstoppable. Yeah, no, definitely watch us watch this space, watch, you know, football news and, and sports news because the, the possibility of Messi leaving Barcelona is becoming realer and realer every single day. Um, like Andres said, he's done so much for the club. They don't, he doesn't owe them anything. Um, and he's 33. If he wants to compete, I can totally understand why he would want to leave now or next summer. But can you imagine, I mean, you're not going to get a hundred mil f- for Messi at 34, right? But I think you could imagine yeah. him walking for free next summer. That's crazy. Which he is it's 30, a possibility. It's a he possibility. Thirty plus goals, twenty assists. Come on, bro. He still commands hundred mil. I don't. So I mean, what Ronaldo went to Juve for? Right around hundred. Ninety. hundred. A hundred, I thought. And he was what thirty-three at the time. Yeah. That's what Messi. That's Messi's age right now, man. And and I don't know. Even well, then, if, well, uh, good if you, thing you brought that up. It's like all these rumors now, and it's like the crazy rumor of the week was that Barca might just try to get CR seven. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to think of that too because of the wages. I think I brought it up today. Barcelona has the highest wages of any team in the world. Messi wins like upwards to forty million euros a year. So it's like. Yeah, not a lot of teams he, are going to be able to. Well, well, that's where when you think logistically or logically, it's like Barca need players. So do they want to try to start rebuilding or are they going to try to keep with the with what they've been doing is kind of not older players, but do it with what they have. Right. And then say they put all their effort in trying to make it win right now. What happens when Messi does leave in two years? And now they have even older, an even older squad and haven't adjusted in any of the positions that they're going to have to need moving forward. And I, I've seen a lot of people say, too, they're, they're the next inter, uh, AC Milan, you know, and it's like it's for an institution like Barca. I know this is how, what you've been uh, uh, kind of hinting at all the time, Frankie, is like they need a new board and it's like they need the elections now, but even like with the circumstances 
can they really do them now? The season starts in like a couple weeks. Right. So it's like, you know, it's it's it, it it's crazy for Barca and it's crazy to think the most the craziest thing is that Messi has played probably his one of like five five great seasons and he hasn't been able to deliver even one Champions League and it's like it's it's kind of a shame and it hurts for me that now we're seeing a lot of like from our age where I like I was born 91 like a lot of the players that I used to see are done and Messi has been the honestly the best player in the world since he came into the scene and it's just like it's all ending now and now it's more of a now that's where you're, you're where Barca's at that shock that reality that that whole conundrum that they're in now but they have no one to blame but themselves absolutely because look at when Messi came they had Ronaldinho was a star right you had Deco there you had other stars and they were able to transition away from that and, and go on to prolonged success not there's been no prolonged success. We've had $100 million flops. And then, like you said, um, the matter of wages is kind of an issue, right? Can they bring good players? Then you've got botched contracts like Sergi, uh, sorry, uh, Sergio Busquets um, and Jordi Alba, both in their 30s now and both under contract for another three and four years, right? Those guys yeah. are still going to be get, getting paid a lot, right? And they're both in their 30s and they're both, in, I would say, two of the the contenders to be, you know, uh, dropped, right? Or, or, you know, maybe not, no longer starters. Um, well, well, how does Barca feel when one of their 130 million pound investments is on the other team scoring against scoring goals. them with two yeah. goals and one assist? I, I don't, so I've hesitated, I've hesitated to say this over the last couple of days because obviously I come off a little bit biased too, but those two goals and that assist for Coutinho came in garbage time. So I don't really want to, I don't know if they, you know, give them a whole bunch of credit for it, right? But at that point, the match is over and done with, right? Um, but no, yeah, definitely, like I said, insult to injury. Uh, speaking of insult to injury and craziness, the very next day, while we're still reeling and, and trying to digest and process um, the absolute devastation of Barcelona, Manchester City get knocked out <laughs> by Olympique Lyon. Olympique Lyon. Beats Manchester City three to one, guys. Um, Craziness. I was already at a loss of words um, over Barca, and you know I was just watching this match as a neutral. Um, but I, I was, I was blown away, blown away when when it went to two, two one, and then when Raheem Sterling missed that sitter. Oh my god, guys! I've seen some pretty bad misses. But considering what was on the line and the fact that he was, I've seen goals miss like that. But that that's probably we talked about Neymar missing a really bad one. This was worse than the one that yeah. Neymar missed against Atalanta. Um, and, and what should have been two to two moments later was three to one uh, when Musa Dembele put it away right. Um, and Manchester City once again after having beat the ban for the Champions League. Um, are out with having so much depth and star power. Um, I guess, I, uh, I mean, I'll lead with this. Um, even before both of you guys um, were, were already crying foul over, over the, the lineups. I know both of you guys didn't like them. You guys thought it was defensive. Um, in the past, Guardiola has shot himself in the foot by overthinking or doing too much. Um, this was definitely the case again, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw it. You saw it in Bayern Munich when he played the three black, three man backline against Barcelona, and that's when Messi dropped that masterclass. Um, you saw it against Liverpool. He kind of just went gun ho on Liverpool, who was also just you know straight attack. So. I was kind of expecting him to use a little bit more balanced attack, not just relying on Kevin De Bruyne. And he kind of shied away from players that were in form. I mean, Phil Foden, gotta give him credit. He was playing spectacular in the league. Yep. I don't know, I don't know why he didn't get a, even a start there. He played he played well as a false nine. I would have imagined he gets um, at least a spot there, but he opted to play Rodri, Gundogan, and. Fernandinho on top of his two other center backs. So I thought that was a player who probably player in the midfield who probably was doing a job that someone else was doing. And I understand why Pep did it because Leon can kind of play into those spaces. And if they get past those three guys, then you're kind of against really slow center backs, which you kind of saw with their first goal when um, they kind of beat Eric Garcia and they just knocked it back, score the goal. Ederson played poor as well, but I mean, if we're talking about lineups, yeah, I definitely expected more from Pep from the beginning, and yeah, we just saw a lot of, I mean, they have been very unlucky the past two seasons. Pep could just be very unlucky, to be honest. Nah, I mean, stop it. <laughs> you do need luck, though, for champions, but yeah, for Raheem Sterling to miss a, a shot like that and possibly... They had- they had the luck, bro. They got the tie against Leon. And you know what? Not not to ride against uh, Sterling too much. Jesus had a pretty golden opportunity um, to to take the lead too. Um, that he bought volley. Yeah, um, where he actually probably had enough time to maybe let it go down a little bit more or even control it, right? And instead, he volleyed it out, and uh, and it didn't work out for him. Um, but yeah, I think you guys did a pretty good job of explaining to me. Uh, my logic was it's Manchester City, right? Regardless of how many center backs or how many center mids you play, they've got attacking power and potency all around, right? I thought as long as you had Kevin De Bruyne spraying diagonal balls um, to fast guys like Raheem Sterling, they were always going to be dangerous, right? And, and honestly, they were more dangerous probably, but... Uh, the finishing and, and again, just uh, Leon taking advantage, right, of, of um, first of all, ball over the top. Uh, they took advantage of the high line uh, for the first goal, right? Um, the defense made a, a save, and then Cornette was just a brilliant one-time finish, right, with Ederson way off his line. Um, the second one was the penalty, no? No, I'm making that shit up. No, no, no. Um, yeah, no, but like, uh, not as bad as the individual errors that Varane had, right? Like with with Real Madrid in, in the previous round. But um, yeah, again, Pep Guardiola is his own worst enemy and just kind of shot himself in the foot here. Um, well, two, two. Of the second goal, Ederson was high line and they kind of curved it around him. And then the third one, he had a really poor save, bounced it back, and the guy just rebounded. Um, Musa Dembele rebounded, so I think some of it falls on Ederson too. I mean, the guy did not look like a world class goalkeeper to me. Uh, he did not look like 
Yeah, he didn't look like Adelson. I mean, you guys love Adelson. He didn't look like Adelson, you know, or Neuer. <laughs> yeah, no. he hasn't. Yeah, he definitely hasn't been a top five goalkeeper this year. But all right, let me take a jab at it. Um, where do you, where do you even start with this game? It starts with the lineup. Pep kind of had one of one eye already on Bayern and one eye on Lyon, and he was kind of tinkering with the lineup. As soon as remember what I told you last week again, I was like, Pep needs to come out with. With Sterling, Jesus, and Mares, because we're like, you know what, Mares is injured. And then a thing Andres brought a couple weeks ago is like, you know what, Phil Foden has been really good. He should start to play a role in the midfield. Mm-hmm. He should probably take um, Gundogan's place, and they should start to play Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, and Rodri or Fernandinho, whoever they want. If they want Fernandinho in the back, whatever they don't. And then Pep starts this lineup, and he puts, again, which has been a theme of this round and been a theme of these Champions League restart, these lineups. He puts three defensive, three center backs, four mids, and two attackers. And it's like, as a player, you don't usually play that. And City's not playing to their strengths. They're playing to the opposition's uh, weaknesses. And it shot him in the foot again. How we said, Pep is trying to do too much and just not go with what's proven. It's like, Mares has been great since the, the the new year. He leaves him on the bench. And it's like, like Sterling has, like, he really wanted just De Bruyne and Sterling to solve the game for him, and it never worked. It took City 70 minutes almost until uh, Mares came on to really be posed a threat, which is when their first goal came. But again, it was like, I guess it comes back to the inconsistency that City has had all year. And what I've been saying all year is that Pep does not practice defense. (laughs) Um, Some of those goals, like the Ederson, the last goal, it's like he just gave the ball to the forward. And it was just like, you have three center backs and none of them were covering anything. And then it's like uh, you play Cancelo as a left back who's a natural right back because you don't trust anybody to play uh, not or right win, left wing back, whatever he played. Um, it's just it's, it's kind of it's too much overthinking on Pep's part. And it makes me think that he needs a break. It makes me think that players like Kevin De Bruyne might leave. It makes me think that. Sterling is not the player that I thought he was. It makes me think that Aguero is never going to win a Champions League with Man City. But props to Lyon again. They did their thing. They were probably not expecting this lineup. They're a strong, a physically strong team. Quick. The pie. Um, and again, it goes to the coaching. How, Frankie, how, how Frankie's been mentioning Rudy Garcia takes out Depay, who you might think is their best player, but he throws on Dembele. Dembele scores the clinching goal, yep. and they're through. So it's like, again, you got to give credit to uh, to Lyon, who played their game, and it's just like City were just not there. And it's just like, um, dude, what is City missing then? You know, that's what makes me think. Is, is it Pep, or is it the players, or is it the... The unluckiness, but it's like, honestly, this was the most one-sided 
uh, tie of the whole uh, round. Oof. So for me, it's no excuses. And it's like, for me, I would almost be ready to fire Pep, to be honest <laughs> with you. I think I think once Aguero went injured, that for me was the point where I said City aren't going to win this. Yeah, I I see Aguero as a difference difference maker on that forward line. Sterling is prone to be, you know, on and off, and Aguero is more consistent. Big games, he, you know, he scored against QPR for the title. He scored, you know, against Liverpool in that big game. He he comes up big, and I think he was sorely missed here. But yeah, I mean. For all the critiques that we have on all these coaches and players, like I mean, that's just what makes Pep interesting. He's always dominant and domestic and European. He falters. Messi, great domestic or internationally falters. So it's a lot of players and coaches that you know make it interesting for the game. They excel in one thing and they don't excel in another thing. And maybe this is just Guardiola's you know thing that he won't ever achieve anymore. Or maybe he just needs Messi. Maybe that's what his that's what he needs, you know. That's been the missing that's been the the variable, right? Well yeah. Um, yeah, again, like Johnny said, Rudy Garcia with the brilliant move to take the pie out. And, and that's why I said penalty. I was still thinking about the pie's uh Panenka penalty against Juve. Oh. Um but yeah, Dembele some people I saw were uh were upset and said that uh Dembele fouled uh, Laporte on that uh on that second goal. Mm-hmm. Um well, there was a also calls for offside because the one Leon player was offside, but he let the ball go. Um, yeah. And that's when, when Dembele was able to catch on to it. Did you guys see anything, any offside or any foul on that second goal? I thought it looked it was clean to me. Yeah, it looked clean to me. I mean, it was a f- kind of like a little tussle, but I think the ball kept going. That happens. No one sees the last guy running, you know, all the way from the back line. So, took advantage, all- scored, and that was it. That was all that was missing, right, from these quarterfinals with some controversial VAR bullshit, but it didn't happen. And yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it hasn't gone to VAR. To be honest, I, the refs have been kind of good on calling calling the calls. So far, so good. And now this sets us up for the second semifinal of Leon versus Bayern. One question here for you guys: Leon has now killed, or rather, let me put it this way: Leon has now slayed two giants. They've taken out Juve mm-hmm. and Manchester City. Can they take mm. out Bayern too, or is it, that's just too much of a t- that's just too tall of a task, right? I, I've been I've been advocating Bayern, but this is the only team that scares me. Honestly, Lyon scares me, and I would not be surprised if they take out Bayern as well. This is like I know German the German league isn't as strong as some other leagues, but I think it is very strong. I think a lot of those teams have a lot of quality, but Lyon plays very well. They switch on to defending and intense press, like. Whenever the match needs it, they have players like Aurora in the midfield, who's very crafty. They have, you know, a good back line. They could be outdone with quality, which I think Bayern will have to do because it's going to be a, a very fast team. Depay and the other guy, I don't remember his name, on the wings, they're, they're basically strikers playing as wingers. So they have to be very careful with these guys. I mean, definitely going to affect how Davies and, you know, whoever, Kimmich, if he decides to go up, they're not going to probably attack as much. So um, it's going to be interesting. I give a lot of credit to Lyon. I know we're not talking about Lyon, but Lyon is a very strong team. They took out two Giants for a reason. Yep. Can they do it, Johnny, or it's all Bayern, right? Nah, I mean, I'll, I'll give credit to where it's due to Lyon and uh, 
I think Mar- Marcelo had a great game. Raised his stock a lot. Yeah. Barca should buy him or they need to buy someone. But um, I think Bayern one's easy. This is Pep again, how we're saying, shooting them in themselves in the foot. They played to Leon's uh, strengths, honestly, with that lineup. And, and, and I don't think, By- like, Bayern is not, like, they played Barca. You think Bayern is going to change their lineup based off of what Barca is doing? Like, they're not. They're going to play a good, strong team. They're going to win, like, 3-0. Yeah, well, uh, another side note on Leon. Last summer, they lost three of their most important players. They lost uh, Fakir. Uh, Nabil Fakir went to Betis in Spain. Uh, Ferlan Mendy went to Real Madrid, the left back. And uh, uh, Tangi and Dombele went to flop at uh, Spurs and fight with Mourinho, right? But Lyon is one of those clubs that when we were young, they won seven straight French League titles, right? And then haven't been as dominant, but have always just kind of lingered around and then stay producing talent, right? Let us not forget that um, Benzema came from Lyon. Right, um, Samuel Umtiti, the, <laughs> maybe a bad example because he's been super hurt the last two years, right? And now he's got COVID, um, but he came from Leon, right? We've got a lot of uh, of talent being developed there from provincial club um, from France. So shout out to them, right? And they were looking fresh um, in the all black. I also like um, you guys seen their white uniform. I like that on one shoulder the stripes are red, and on the other shoulder they're blue. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that shit looks clean as hell to me. Didn't they tie? They tied PSG, right? And the Coupe de France? And then it had to go to extra time? To, to extra time, yeah. See, but here's the thing, too, that I wanted to, to, to kind of throw in. Lyon finished seventh place in France. Granted, um, they were, I believe on points, they were like two points from like fifth or, six, or like the European spots, right? But, uh, and they didn't finish a complete season, but... Um, this is a knockout tournament, right? And and I think Leon's run um, is a testament um, that knockout tournaments is a whole different game than than your league, right? So um, anything's possible in these knockouts, depending on how you play it. Uh, and now that you don't have to worry about away goals, um, you just have to stay smart, right? And and, and take advantage of the opportunities. Uh, well, again, uh- uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take advantage of the moment right now since we finished all the Champions League ties to um, bring up the themes again. That props to Andres who kind of had been calling it earlier. He's like, sometimes you're thinking that teams are going to play their best teams, and they're doing this other stuff. That's what happened with uh, Atletico. That's what happened with Man City, and that's what happened with. Um, with who else? Like uh, uh, Pep, even the round before against uh, uh, Real Madrid. And it's like sometimes we're assuming these teams are going to be a certain way and they come out a different way. And it's <laughs> it makes it harder for us to not to predict, but just to know what's going to happen. And it's like these games are just one off ties. So it's like the subs are making a big impact and the starting lineups need to be on point. And I don't, I like, I'm not blaming it on that. I'm not saying the better teams didn't win, but I'm saying that's definitely played a role in this. And then the second thing I want to bring up is that all the more rested teams passed on every single tie. The PSG had not really played. I mean, they haven't played competitively. They played friendlies. 
Yeah. Um, Germany has been finished for a month already. Yeah. RB passed and Bayern passed, and then Lyon passed. No, that's so actually. Is, is, is that a thing? What's no, going actually, on? Am I, I reading too much that. into that? I hadn't noticed that until you brought it up right now. But you're right. P- the PSG has been off, except for those two cup finals and like a couple friendlies. Um, and yeah, the German league wrapped up a month ago, like you said. Um, so yeah, I think maybe the, I mean, Barcelona had been poor regardless, right? So I don't want to make any excuses for them, but yeah, maybe it was just too much too soon, um, for all of these teams, right? This is why, um, maybe the, the, they were trying to, to avoid with the five substitution rule and all of that. Um, this is the first time in, this is the first time in history that there's no English, no Spanish and no, what is it? Uh, what's the last time? Italian team in the semis. This is crazy, too, because we could potentially end up with an all-French or an all-German final, right? Um, or one-in-one. One. I remember 2013, we had the all-German final where uh, Bayern actually yeah. won the, the treble. And and that's something that I think we didn't even mention, too. Bayern can potentially win a treble, becoming the second club um, to win two trebles, right? Um, which is, PSG can win a treble, too, I think. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, you're right. PSG can PSG can win a trouble becoming oh, the first yeah. French team to do it. Um, so a lot of history still still to be written. So um, semifinals again being played tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, we'll give you the exact time in our picks in a little bit. Um, and then on Sunday, the 23rd at 2 p.m. is the final. Do you guys care to uh, to take a guess who you who who ends up in the final? Who you got? I mean, you, you going yeah, all Bayern? PSG Bayern. Yeah, for me. If, yeah. if you're if you're a fan of superstars going at it, yeah, PSG final. If you're a fan of the game, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind you know, uh, Bayern. I wouldn't mind a Lyon Leipzig to be honest. If you want to actually like, if you love the game, you wouldn't mind a final like that. It's just two two teams that will attack. You know. When's the last uh, time a, a smaller club like that won uh, the Champions League, right? Not since uh, Porto, right? Not since Porto won it in, in 04 with Mourinho, right? That made him the special one. That's the last time we had a, a, a not-giant club win the Champions League. So, I mean, the, the romantic, right? If you're romantic and, and you're into that, I guess. Um, but the cold, hard reality is uh, these teams... Is, I have money and are stacked, right? So it, I think the likeliest is PSG Bayern, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Bayern uh, RB, right? And I guess I shouldn't write off Lyon for a third straight time because I wrote them off for the last two t- uh, rounds and yeah, here they can. are, right? So um, who knows, man? But I, I think I'm going to go with Johnny and I think I can see a PSG Bayern um, and, and Bayern um, winning it uh, over PSG. Um, unfortunately, we won't be on until next Monday, so we won't make a pick on the final because we won't know what the final is until Wednesday afternoon. Um, but yes, but we'll definitely. probably we'll probably do a watch along for the final. We can make our picks then. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, <laughs> we'll move on to the Europa League, the secondary uh, tournament there in Europe. Um, United losing their third semifinal of the season, right? Uh, for the other two yeah. club competition or the other two cup competitions, and now uh, Europa, they were beaten by Sevilla two to one. Um, 
Johnny, I got to say, hilariously called uh, another penalty for Man United. Manchester United, up until yesterday, had 21 penalties awarded. And Johnny kind of made the half-joking, half-serious. Bruno Fernandez gets another PK, making it 22 on the season. And sure enough, in the ninth minute, Bruno Fernandez steps up to convert a penalty to give United the lead um, before uh, Suso, who had recently come over from Milan, tied it at 1-1. Um, and then midway through the second half, Luke de Jong scores um, and makes it 2-1 for Sevilla. That's how it would finish. I know Johnny probably is um, feeling validated, right, in that uh, United didn't really do much, right? The first half, they were totally absent, not really playing well. First 15 minutes of the second half, it looked like, they were attacking well, and they just couldn't finish, right, before Sevilla scored, and then they were just kind of out of it. Um, and then earlier today, Inter just absolutely destroyed. Um, shocked our Donetsk 5-0. We had two goals from Lotaro Martinez, two goals from Lukaku. I can't remember who scored the fifth. Um, oh, but, damn, there was a fifth? I didn't see that. Yeah, no, it was... It was, uh, was the header. Yeah, no, yeah, it was it was not even close after a while. It was like 1-0 at halftime, and then Inter exploded for, for another four goals. Uh, Danilo Ambrioso scored that. Oh, yeah, it was another. Uh, D'Ambrosio scored the second one, I believe, before the floodgates opened, uh, and, and then they dropped three more. Um, so this sets us up for, on Friday, Inter versus Sevilla. Um, well, first of all, let me back up and say... Do you guys have anything to say about United for our United fans? It's just uh, I I do. You want me to start? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I saw the game. I saw most of the Sevilla uh, Bar, uh, Man U game, and Sevilla were the better team. Man U had a lot of chances, and the Sevilla goalie was uh, I can't I don't know his name, but he had a great, amazing game. He he saved um, a good. Yeah, yeah, he saved a good amount of shots, but Sevilla dominated possession. Sevilla, uh, uh, an important thing that these Champions League elite teams can think about is that Sevilla were down 1-0 and they never panicked. They were never thirsty for ideas. They stuck to their game plan. They stuck to their style. And in a one knockoff tie, it's easy to to um, to panic. It's easy to start thinking of desperate ideas and throwing stuff up. But like, that's not what makes a great team. What makes a great team is to stick with what you know and, and to not don't psych yourself up on the clock. Keep playing what you're doing. If if that's your style, you stick with it. Sevilla stuck with it throughout the whole game. They're a passing team. Ever Vernega is pure class. Um, they have a lot of really good players on the defense too. Um, they have probably the less the best left back in Spain in uh, Rugalon or something like that. Who's going back to yeah? Who's going back to Madrid? Who gave the assist to Suso when he scored? I think. And Sevilla were the better team to me. Um, I know a lot of Spanish media was. I mean, uh, English media was saying it was just the goalie, but it, it honestly wasn't. To me, it's a big disappointment for United, who I thought would win. 
based on they fielded their best team. And honestly, this is what I've been critiquing of United. They have all the parts now, and I want to see it come together, and it just didn't. Um, there was a big moment in the second goal that they gave up uh, with Luke DeJohn, who was PSV, V's, uh, not only top scorer, but the Edda the Visa top scorer last season. He scored the game winner, but like that defense was not prepared for that, and they they botched it, and then Fernandez and uh, uh, Lendelof had a big argument. United were really never that clear on it. Rashford had a poor game. James, or on the left, I can't remember his name, a uh, young kid. Yeah, Danny um, James. They, yeah, they haven't had a great game. And then Ole's, ex- not excuse, but what he was saying was that they still need to strengthen and I'm like, bro, you can't be losing three semifinals and always be saying that you need to strengthen, especially when you're Man United. Like, these are the games you need to win. And I, I, I still do not see a style with Man U. I just see – I've seen fitness levels come up, but I've honestly just seen Fernandez revolutionize the mid and give him a connection between attack and midfield. But Pogba has left a lot to be desired from me. Fred has not been that good. Maguire has not been that good. Uh, on the left, the left back position is a complete mystery. Juan Bissaka is a good defensive mid, but doesn't offer much going up. Marshall, I would get rid of. Um, Rashford has not been great since since for a while. He didn't score. He missed a couple, and he had some bad plays. And I don't know. I'm not trying to be too critical of United, but I'm trying to say that. If they're going to keep on this path, it, it, it's going to be hard for them, especially if all they're trying to do is throw money at it. I don't know that uh, Gunnar Solskjaer has improved a player since he's been at United, besides maybe Marshall. I mean, yeah. who can you guys say that he's improved at United? Greenwood, who's been a youth product, who's been really coming on by himself. Lady like, Fred. <laughs> I mean... I don't think Fred cuts it either, but it's like, I think as a coach, you need to improve the team, not just with more transfers, but you need to improve what you got. And granted, he has promoted some of the youth. Their top three is their front three is probably good enough to compete in the Premier League. But United, I don't see a style. They were kind of just there for the counter. And it, it's not going to work, man, especially if Fernandez has an off night, which he kind of did. And then Pogba is again. He's been he's been lollygagging out there to me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm being hard on them, but that's what I saw. I saw Sevilla team that was more clear. And again, coming up with this thing with teams, it's like team play is how you win. Style. Yeah, I think Greenwood showed his age a little bit in this match. He he didn't have the best match. Um, Rashford was off. Right, Marshall missed uh, one or two critical opportunities at the start of the second half. Um, yeah, it was just yeah, it was United had been playing well. Um, they had been, I guess, you know, undefeated for a while, minus that semifinal loss in the cup. Um, I think it was just do a bad match, right? Like you said, Juan Bissaka is excellent defensively, um, and they, he didn't ha- he had his first poor match in in, in a while. I feel like, um, and also more than more than anything else, I think. Um, Solskjaer substitutions in this one too, right? Going back to to coaching, uh, he yeah, brought on Mata, 
and Igalo, right? And and I think he Igalo particularly he brought on too late. Um when you need He brought both of them too late. Yeah, like way too late after the they were already down. So that was my biggest thing. And then also, I, I also wouldn't be too discouraged. Like, granted, uh, this is Lopetegui, uh, a new coach for Sevilla. But Sevilla, guys, since we've been, since our teenage years, has won the Europa, or it used to be called the UEFA Cup. Uh, the UEFA Cup or the Europa League, um, five times. That's more than anybody else, um, including three times in a row from 2014 to 2016. Um, so Sevilla is, has some in this competition. It did Damn it, dare I say, this is their competition, right? Nobody's had more success than them. Um, Which now sets up, again, with a really interesting final. Sevilla versus Inter. Inter just went off and and has the capability to score. Um, Sevilla, Banega, Ever Banega is a classy player, and and this is his last match for Sevilla. He's going to go play in Saudi Arabia after this. And and he had a a great match against United as well. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Again, Europa, I'm not going to lie. A couple weeks ago, I for, I was a little out of it, and I for, even forgot to mention it. But this sets up to be a very intriguing final for a Friday afternoon. Um, we'll make our pick for it at the end. Um, but you got the pedigree of Sevilla, right? And then you've got Inter with uh, the upstart coach um, and some firepower up top. Lotaro now has over 20 goals for the season, too. Uh, Lukaku is over 30 now, too, right? He's got more goals... Uh, then Messi is what I saw somebody joke about, right? Um, but yeah, I think that should, that should be a good matchup as well um, on, on a Friday afternoon. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add about Europa? Well, am I being too critical of United? Or I don't know what you guys think. But No, like, I think, like you said, I, I uh, Solskjaer's decisions and substitutions really, um, I guess, stood out They don't to want to win it? They don't want to win. I don't, they're already in the I, Champions League. They don't really care about this. So that's the attitude you give a team no. to not care about a semifinal in the FA Cup, to not care about the semifinal in the Europa, Europa League. I think they just and had a bad match. I can't match. remember the other semifinal. I think they had a bad match this time around. Again, Marshall was off. Um, Rashford, Greenwood all had bad matches. And then the other crucial thing that you said, Johnny, too, is the um, – the midfield was just completely overrun. Fernandez had, I think, his first bad match in a United shirt, right? So when he wasn't clicking, they just got completely overrun. Fred had to take a, a yellow card. Um, yeah, and then, of course, Maguire was put under pressure. And, um, you know, Lindelof had that mistake. Um, I think it was just a bad match for United. And their inexperience from the coaching position and, and from some of their players showed, you know. The midfield is is, is what's going to need a tweak, no matter what, right? They got to find the right balance, or or potentially another player there. Um, but other than that, I just saw a bunch of younger players kind of misfiring. I would also agree with what you said that Marshall might be the the one player that has truly improved under Solskjaer, right? He's been a little bit more consistent, um, but even then, maybe a little bit more consistent isn't saying a whole lot, right? Because he's been known to miss a lot of opportunities. Um, and again, Greenwood, he's 18 years old. Um, he's got a lot of minutes. Um, uh, he was due a bad match. So I, I'm not reading a whole lot um, in, into the United loss. I, I don't feel like they didn't prepare for it or weren't taking it seriously. Um, it, they just didn't prepare for it right, I guess. Well, I mean, that's enough about United, but I think Inter 
has proven to be a pretty good squad. Lukaku's having a good season. Uh, Lutauro kind of showed up. He had been quiet in a while. Um, but they show their depth when you can have like Ericsson coming in on the in like the seventy something minute. Yeah. Um, Inter is poised to be good next year. So, um, I'm excited to see that 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 squad under Conte. Oh yeah, they're gonna have Hakimi next year too. Um, it's gonna their right back and left back situation has already drastically improved. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're, they're gonna be challenging. I think Juve there next year too. And and Friday, I think hopefully as long as it's not like a one one you know one zero type situation, um, I think we're we're do a, a, a good match. Conte. Um, is going to be, you know, passionate looking for that title, right? Otherwise, he's going to be mad and, and irked. Um, so I think a lot of line, on the line for them there. Anything you want to add about your boys at Inter, Andres? You think they got this? We're going to win the yeah. Europa? Oh, yeah. I mean, Lukaku's a monster, man. He has power. He has skill. He has an eye for goal. Lotaro's coming on hot at the right moment of the season. Of the, the season, I guess, or the tournament. Um, they're going to have a lot of physicality uh, in that mid, the defense. I mean, that's why you bring on winners like Diego Godin, you know, just for these type of tournaments where you have to show, look, we got guys that have been here before. So I think they're going to just keep that momentum going. I don't see um, them having too much trouble in the final. Awesome. Well, since we bring up the Europa League final, this brings us to the last part of the show where we make our picks. Now, due to the fact that Champions League is in the semifinal stage and Europa is in the final, we only have three matches to pick from this week, boys. So we've got a higher percentage for success here, depending on how you look at it. Um, so we'll start with the Champions League semifinal. The first semifinal tomorrow on the 18th. Um, at 2 p.m., we have RB Leipzig versus PSG. Who do you guys got? I mean, I got PSG winning the whole thing, so I'm taking PSG. Damn, just like that? Yeah. Um, look, when Di Maria plays, that guy is a assist machine when he when Neymar isn't tasked with uh creating and finishing everything. I think I think I'm gonna go PSG with this one. I I know I said Leipzig, but man, you got you got Mbappe back healthy, you got Di Maria. Those guys they I mean Neymar by himself almost tore apart Atalanta. I mean if he has to Unless, like, maybe, I don't know, Leipzig scores early and PSG just make a lot of individual errors, which happens. I mean, you know, look at what ha- I think that's how they lost against some team back in la- last season where they made mistakes in the back at the last crucial moment. Oh, no, they lost to Man U. They, they yeah. had that penalty. So, I mean, I can see that happening. It's PSG. We always make the joke that PSG, you know, crashes out, bottles it, so... This could be the ultimate bottling for PSG, make an individual error up, I don't know, you know, 2-1, and they lose 2-2 and extra time. So as much as I want that to happen, I don't think it will. So I think I'm going to convince myself here at PSG as well. All right. Uh, I'm going to go PSG as well because this is their <laughs> best chance to win this this uh, tournament. 
I think that's as far as they'll go, but they should be able, I think. Uh, I mean, more than anything, they bit me in the ass this last time around. <laughs> I thought they were, they could be out, and then um, they come out and strike with two goals. Never blow anybody out in the Champions League. Uh, then on Wednesday, the 19th at all, 2 p.m. as well, we have Olympique Lyon versus Bayern. Bayern all across or what? I mean, we might have all three picks the same, but yeah, I got Bayern. I mean, these are all the expected picks. You know, if we were betting people, betting odds are all on these picks. I mean, I I mean, I chose Bayern, but like I said, Lyon scares me. I would not be surprised if Bayern gets upset in this game by Lyon. And we have, for the first time, an all-French. I don't know if we had an all-French final, but we've had an all-Spain, all-German, all-EPL. Fuck it, all-French now. So I'm going Bayern, but I'm weary of Lyon. That's all I'll say. All right. And then finally, the Europa League final on Friday, also at 2 p.m. Sevilla versus Bayern then? Yeah, Yeah, Bayern Bayern. as well. Sevilla or Inter for the Europa League final? Yeah, I think Sevilla might be the favorite, honestly. But I'm picking Inter. I'm a little worried to pick Inter, but I think they should pull through. Because how about you said, Sevilla's won the tournament so many times. It's kind of their tournament. They have more of an incentive to win the tournament. Or did they finish top four? They did finish top four. Uh, So you see, it's pretty even. Yeah, it's pretty even for for Inter or Sevilla. But I, I think I think uh, Inter has more depth, but in a one-off game, it kind of doesn't matter. If you throw on the depth too late, it might be too late. But I think, I think Luca. I don't know. I, I we've 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 seen we've year. seen Inter in these situations though, and we've seen Inter bottle it, like big games against Juve, against Lazio. Like they come up short. So that would be my only critique against Inter that maybe in the biggest of stages they don't really have it all. So, yeah, especially when they're up one or down one, it seems like it's impossible for them to come back. And that's my critique of them. If they're not up, and even when they're up just one, they kind of play a lot more defensive. And then when they're down one, it seems like they can't make it up, you know? Mm-hmm. But they have the depth. I mean, Erickson off the bench and... um Sanchez off the bench because I don't think they started today. It was Lukaku and Lotauro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, the key is Lotauro. He's in form, so he, that just complements uh, Lukaku perfectly right now. All right, I'm gonna go Sevilla to make the one different pick for this week. Otherwise, we've all got the same picks. Um, Sevilla has won it five times, including three times in a row recently. Granted, this is a different group of players and a different coach. Um, but the way I saw them play United, um, the way I saw Vanega, he's inspired right now. Um, I think Sevilla can, can push Inter. Although again, I I wouldn't, uh, either way, I'm not surprised and I wouldn't be disappointed. Both of these teams have played really well down the stretch here. Um, but I just think Sevilla, they, they just own it. They're going to make it their sixth, uh, and become, you know, the, the absolute masters of this thing. So there you have it. Those are our picks for the week. Um, 
thank you guys for checking us out and hanging in there. I know we talked for a long time today, but really the Champions League so far has been absolutely historic, absolutely shocking, surprising. Um, and we're winding down. So I want to make sure we get everybody caught up um, as we get ready for the final this weekend. So um, quick other notes. Um, MLS is resuming um, in home markets this week. Um, matches already played in FC Dallas and Nashville. Um, in Dallas, actually, they played to some controversy. The players took a knee. And there's actually fans, guys, in some of these MLS matches, which I'm not a fan mm. of. Um, these not fans, a fan booed, of the fans. Some of these fan, fans in Dallas booed the players taking a knee for um, social justice issues. Um, and then on Thursday, the rest of the league returns. Um, with teams playing regionally. So the Fire actually plays on Thursday against Columbus. Um, so you'll catch me watching that on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and also quickly checking on Mexico, where two of the Giants are tied for first place so far. Uh, America and Cruz Azul are both on 10 points. Um, they both lost one match. America got spanked this last weekend, 4-1 to one by Querétaro. Um, and a lot of people are, are, are asking some questions about America now. Meanwhile, Chivas gets their second win, uh, their first win under their new head coach, uh, Busatich, um, who's had uh, some success in championships. Um, I think most recently under Monterrey there in champions. Um, in in uh, That's the last time you won a championship is, is with Monterrey. So Chivas with the new coach, already with a W under their belt. Um, American Cruz Azul tied on 10 points. Um, Pumas kind of hanging around in there. Um, and as the league continues to develop um and as european soccer winds down a little bit uh we'll keep you posted on on league uh but yeah thanks again for for joining us on this longer episode make sure you watch the semifinal tomorrow and wednesday europa league final on friday and then the champions league final on sunday mls and league mx all of in between that so there's lots of football on for you guys um for johnny andres and rafa thank you guys don't forget to comment subscribe leave um a like um and we'll catch you guys next monday um with the champions league and europa league results who will the champion well, if, be? if we try to do the watch along watch out for that oh yeah be on the lookout i, I didn't want to I, I keep forgetting because there's been so much talked about already but we could potentially do the first of its kind um watch along champions league final sunday sunday yeah. um so be on the lookout for that you should definitely hit the subscribe though so that you can you can get word of it if it happens. But that'll do it for us tonight, guys. Thanks again. Um, and we'll see y'all soon. Peace out. Yep. Have a good night. Yeah.